This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals, and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. Check it out now. No doubt now. Monday morning, September 30th, 2019, the Beating the Book podcast, guesting lines, week number five in the National Football League, Skill Alexander. Chris Andrews standing by. The game that you're supposed to play interactively. Do your guesses. Figure out what you think the line should be and then what it is. Try to extract value from your first salvo into week five lines. Guessing lines, a tribute to the old Stardust radio show right here on the Beating the Book podcast. Enjoy. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Monday morning, too. At least I hope it's good for you. It's Gil Alexander. It is a numbers game right here at VEASAN Series XM Channel 204, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app. Yeah, week four, National Football League. What do we know? We know nothing. We know nothing about anything in the NFL. Hey, there's baseball tomorrow night, though. And Wednesday. Real live baseball as October is here. But, man, the National Football League. It's guessing lines, y'all, for week five in the National Football League. We unearthed some value last week, uh, but the real problem was after, after week four guessing lines, I said, I liked way too many things, and I know what that means. Uh, carnage for most betters this weekend. Uh, let us bring in the star of guessing lines from L.A. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the director of the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook. I'm sure he's feeling good about himself this morning. It's Chrissy Andrews. Good morning, Chrissy. Yeah, we had a pretty decent week, y'all. Pretty decent. No complaints from the bookmakers. Define pretty decent, if you would. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> I don't want to throw out figures. It's okay. But, don't want to uh, brag. Let's just say everybody, any bookmaker crying today, uh, really, and I know we're, we're a species known for crying, but uh, you should really uh, uh, question any bookmaker that's crying this morning because we, we had a hell of a day. Yeah, you bet. You probably did. Road dogs seven and one outright, not straight up outright. 
uh, Philadelphia going back to yeah. Thursday, Carolina, Cleveland, Oakland, Tennessee, Tampa Bay, Jacksonville. And by the way, most of those weren't even close. The Washington Redskins, the only uh, road dog that didn't <laughs> that didn't come through for betters. They're a whole nother story. Uh, so that was big. By the way, yeah. producer number five, Jeff Parles is back in with us on Mondays. Good morning to you, Jeffrey. Good morning. It's a it's a it's a pleasure and an honor to be back. You decided you decided to show up for this, huh? Ah, uh, well, there were there were a lot of things that went into the equation, but uh, right. I'm here. I'm thrilled to be here, and it's uh this is legendary stuff here going on every Monday. Well, we're we're thrilled to have you, Chrissy. Um, let you know, look. Seven and one road dogs. It's a great week for bookmakers. Not so good for the books. We're going to talk to uh, you know all the contests. I'm curious what what won contest this week. Um, only thing I got right in the end was New Orleans, based on our guessing lines uh, edges last yeah. week. Uh, but here's the thing, and I'll just start with this macro statement before we get to week five guessing lines. And you tell me, you tell me if you disagree with this. One, take all the teams in the NFC. And just throw them up in the air. Maybe not Washington, right? Like, take a team like that out. But all the contenders, supposedly, throw them up in the air. And it's potluck who shows up in the Super Bowl. I'm as good with my Eagles pick before the, before the season started as any team. And then the other side of that is, it's still the Patriots and the Chiefs and the AFC. Let's just play the AFC championship. Yeah, you know, you were talking about the NFC. But, I mean, yeah, other than the top two in the AFC, throw, the, throw those all up in the air, too. I mean, this is wide open, and I say this every year, and, I, and it, it comes true just about every year. Somebody comes out of nowhere to make the playoffs. Now, do they make the Super Bowl? Eh, not very often. But somebody comes out of nowhere to make the playoffs. Who's that going to be? I, I have no idea. I mean, it might be the Giants. It might be Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, it might be somebody like that that's completely off our radar at this point. But somebody will come out of nowhere uh, in, in either one or both of those conferences to make the playoffs. So right now, take your best guess. It, it is a crapshoot as far as uh, going forward, who's going to wind up being, you know, maybe not the best team, but the better teams in this, in this league. The other thing is NFL is so humbling, right? So, uh, you know, tomorrow night again, we'll get, we'll, we'll have a baseball segment here in the middle, just update what's going on uh, setting up the postseason. But I have it set up at William Hill where I have Milwaukee at 10 to 1 Tuesday night in the NL wild card. And I have the Nats at plus 160, plus 130, plus 120. Played it like a fiddle. The other thing that I had at William Hill that I've been so smug about are these two Cleveland Browns bets that I have, which is Cleveland over eight and a half wins. And to uh, to miss the playoffs plus one fifty five, figuring the only way I could lose both is if they win the division at eight and eight. Well, you look up, and here after a, qu- a quarter of the season, there they are at two and two with the Browns atop the uh, the NFC. Atop excuse me, the, the AFC North. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. That's yeah. fun. Good yeah. lord. And yeah. the and the entire AFC uh, South two and yeah, two by the way. So. Pete Rosell's, yeah, you know, I vision know. of parody has been taken to the extreme. Shall we start with Thursday night, Chrissy? Let's start there. We can start with Thursday night. Let's go with, uh, let me find my sheets here. Okay. Rams at Seattle. Ram- oh, that's pretty good for a Thursday night. That's two, three, that's and one. Team. Yeah. yeah. That's a good game. Three and yeah. one against three and one. The Rams lose to the Buccaneers yesterday. Uh, they do so in the highest scoring game of not only the uh, the day but the year, fifty five to forty. Tampa Bay uh, goes into the Rams. By the way, not really that close. It got close ish uh, when uh, Marcus Peters yeah. picked off a ball in the uh, fourth quarter, took it to the house. By the way, on a day of vicious hits, that hit that he took uh, from the uh, from the Bucks offensive lineman, I believe it was. Uh, 
uh, Donovan Smith, was it, from the Buccaneers who hit him? That was the most vicious hit of the day, a day that uh, featured hits from Vontae's perfect that will get him suspended, uh, hit on Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, so it was just, that was just brutal. I can't believe he got up and, and, and walked off after that. But that was the only time the game really got close. Uh, Jared Goff filled up a stat sheet, 45 of 68 for 517, two touchdowns, but three picks and a game-deciding fumble. Yeah. People think I'm crazy when I said he should have been the first example of a quarterback on a rookie contract for a great team that just got recycled. They should have never. I, I just don't believe that money should have been paid to him. 134 million. Lombardi agrees with me, by the way. Uh, but the Rams did have a five. They had 521 yards of offense, but it's all in you know frantic catch-up mode. They had 28 rushing yards, Chrissy. 28 on the ground. Gurley was five for 16 on the ground. He did catch seven for 54, but tell me that's not still a thing with the Rams. They had 13 penalties for 106 yards. By the way, our friend Ralph Michaels tells us that the number of NFL games with over 90 points since 2000, that was only the eighth such occurrence uh, this game yesterday. Uh, So Rams lose that one. And Seattle, they get by uh, Arizona, and they do so sort of in ho-hum fashion. Chris Carson, 22 for 104. Uh, For 104, he didn't fumble. Seahawks scored two touchdowns by early in the second quarter, one on uh, Jadavian Clowney's pickoff return for a touchdown. So uh, Seattle just ruled by Arizona in their game, 27-10. They cover as five-and-a-half-point favorites. Put that all in the wash. I don't think uh, the public perception of Seattle is still that of theirs of, of the Rams, let's say. So I, I don't say it's a full field goal. It's a short week. I'll just split the difference between a pick and a three, and I'll say it's Seattle by one-and-a-half. Yeah, you know, I kind of like your number better, but right now I'm seeing both sides the favorite, but mostly Pickham or Seattle one. I'm opening Seattle one, and to tell you the truth, if I see any one and a half, I'm going to go up there. Very, very tough home team. And, you know, Russell Wilson, this kid just keeps winning a lot of football games. You know, I, I mean, uh, they weren't dazzling yesterday. I think a lot of that has to do with Arizona. I guess we'll get to them a little bit later on, you know, but uh, I think they deserve to be a favorite at home. I don't think we can go to the full three, but I'm definitely opening Seattle one. And like I said, if I see it higher, I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little bit higher. Uh, I I like this team. This is a a very viable team, definitely in the playoff hunt. And uh, I don't know how far they could go in this NFC, but they could go pretty far. I mean, this is a team that, uh, if they made the Super Bowl, I don't think I'd be totally shocked. Yeah, and it all and it all really does come down to Russell Wilson, doesn't it? With him, all things are possible. Yeah, it's you know, there's so few really great quarterbacks, and he is definitely uh, on the short list. Just makes plays after plays, week after week, year after year. Uh, so okay, so I had Seattle one and a half. You say it's more Seattle. So what's the consensus? What are you putting it at? I'm going to put up Seattle one. Probably at this point, I say the consensus is pick them. Okay, uh, but I'm going to go with Seattle one. Uh, I, I favor that side. Like I said, that's this is still a really good home team, and uh, I know it didn't show last week with the uh, with the Packers. But I do think the home teams have a little bit of, a, of an advantage in these Thursday night games. I don't have the numbers in front of me to prove that, so I'm sure somebody does. Uh, but I, I kind of like these home teams on a short week, and I think Seattle uh, should be a slight favorite. Two weeks in a row now, though, with a good Thursday night matchup. Philly Green Bay last week, and now uh, Seattle yeah. and the Rams. All right, let's do some Sunday morning. What do you got Sunday morning? Ravens at the Steelers. 
Okay, so nothing surprised me more than that Browns destruction of the Ravens yesterday. Yeah. Not because the Browns won, but yeah. just the manner in which they won. 40-25. to 25. And again, a game that really kind of wasn't all that close. Um, Baltimore loses it 40-25. to 25. They do so as seven-point home favorites. Lamar Jackson held here. 24 of 34 for 247. Three touchdowns, two picks. Sacked four times. He did get 66 uh, yards on the ground on nine carries. That ended a run of uh, 248 passes without uh, a pick for him when the Browns first picked him off yesterday. Uh, but they were down 17-10. to 10. The Ravens were moving for the potential tying score. That's when Mark Ingram had the ball pried loose by Jermaine Whitehead and Chad Thomas recovered the Cleveland 26. Baltimore's first turnover, turnover of the season, and that's really when the game sort of changed at that point. Never got close after that. Browns immediately went the other way, grabbed a two-touchdown advantage late in the third quarter. Two-yard run by Chubb. Second straight week, Baltimore now has yielded more than 500 yards. 530 last week, uh, this week total. So that's two weeks in a row. So who'd they beat? They beat the Dolphins, and then they got by the Cardinals. So our perception of the Ravens here in two weeks' time, even though we knew we figured they didn't really beat anybody, uh, sorted down the drain here real quick. Again, they're tied with Cleveland at 2-2 two and two early season on top of the AFC North. Browns had 10 plays, Chrissy, of at least 16 yards in that game. 10 plays of at least 16 yards. They're at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh hasn't played. They play Cincinnati tonight. Uh, Pittsburgh is three-point favorites at home tonight, Monday Night Football against the Bengals. So I would imagine sight unseen, barring the unforeseen. We already have Mason Rudolph at starting quarterback for Pittsburgh. It's not as if Big Ben could go down. Um, I, I would imagine it's Baltimore by a little more than a field goal. I'll say three and a half on the road at Pittsburgh. I see one three and a half, but I see mostly four. I gotta. I mean, I, I know I'm a little biased towards Pittsburgh, but you know, Baltimore. You just said they gave up 500 yards twice, and yeah. uh, you know maybe they're not quite. I, I had them. The what do I got going? Chrissy's watching videos. I don't know what that show. was. That's all right. the truth. No, I think I have ESPN <laughs> up on my one feed here. Uh, anyway, um, I, I think I like the three and a half a little better. Just to, you know, I don't know what to expect out of Pittsburgh tonight. You know, I don't think any of us do. We've been going back and forth between three and a half uh, and three and three and a half on tonight's game. So uh, it, I'm not sure how much we'll gauge out of a game against Cincinnati either, by uh, unless they really get beat up pretty good. But I'm going to open three and a half. I think that's okay. And a lot of it is just my lack of confidence in the Ravens, who we had as uh, clearly, I thought, the third best team in the AFC. Now I'm nowhere near sure of that at all. I don't know who the third best team would be. But I'm not sure it's them. That's that's for sure. Yeah, just throw them all up. A 503 yards they gave up to the Chiefs last week. No, no shame in that. It's the Chiefs. But 530 right. to right. the Browns, who, I mean, the Browns, this is the thin line in the NFL, right? If the Browns lose that game yesterday, they're 1-3, and, and Chrissy, we're burying right. them. We're burying them if they lose yeah. yesterday, right? 1-3, and three, all this hype, yeah. stop talking, Baker Mayfield. Now they're 2-2, two and two, tied for the top of the division. So um, there's that. That's the NFL. Yeah, I love this league. I mean, really, <laughs> you know. And I know God knows we as bookmakers lose occasionally, but you know, it's it's just such a topsy turvy league that uh, um, you know you really think you have a gauge on everything, 
And and everything just goes right out the window as soon as the, as soon as Sunday starts. You Bar- just never know what's going to happen. Parlay, didn't I say that right before the show? I said, do you imagine how great sports books have it? The most popular sport by far, right, is the NFL, and it's the one where we have yeah. the least clue about. That you said, you said it twice. Yeah, it was, it was it was such an important point, and it's a hundred percent true. And then that is why it's nice to be you, Chris. Let's do one more here before the uh, break. Early on, by the way, I'm, I remember hearing this yesterday. Is Andrew Siciliano ended the red zone with this? There are 10 early games next week and just two afternoon games. Is that right, Chris? Yeah, I hate that. You know, so I don't bad. know why they're doing that, but, I, you know, I don't know. All right, let's do one more. But that is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chicago and Oakland at London. Chicago and Oakland at London. Brent Musburger headed to London. Uh, that is why uh, we're all sort of filling in for him this week on My Guys in the Desert. I'm doing My Guys today, uh, Chrissy, I'll try not to. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, I'll try not to that. try okay. not to wreck the ship tonight, uh, this afternoon. You'll be fine. Right. You'll be fine. <laughs> I'm sure I will be. Uh, Chicago three and one. They beat the uh, Vikings and beat them good uh, yesterday. Chicago gets the home win with Chase Daniels as a quarterback. Sixteen to six win yeah. for the Bears as uh, Mitch Trubisky went down the first series of the game, knocked out on the opening possession with a left shoulder injury. That's his non-throwing arm. Got pinned awkwardly under his body. Uh, ball popped out, but that was the end of Trubisky. And Daniel, the rest of the way, 22 of 30 for 195, one touchdown, no picks. Bears time of possession advantage over the Vikings yesterday, 35 minutes, 33 to 24, 27. They held Dalvin Cook, did the Bears defense at 35 yards on 14 attempts. That's after he ran for at least 110 in his first three games. By the way, that's even though they didn't have Akeem Hicks with a knee injury. Roquan Smith, for personal reasons, they both missed the game. Uh, big, big, just sort of dominant possession, uh, dominant performance. Chicago outgained the Vikings 182-59 to in the first half, held the Vikings to just two possessions, 11 minutes and one seconds of possession in the first half, just two possessions. I believe a first half that had five total possessions, if I'm not mistaken. And then there's Oakland. Good for Oakland because we all wanted to bury Oakland, and somehow they're 2-2. Two and two. They got the win over Denver week one, which doesn't look all that great. But they go into Indy. And they really popped him in the mouth from the beginning. Derek Carr led the Raiders to touchdowns on three of their first four drives. Uh, Eric Harris with the late interception, 30 yards for a touchdown to secure the 31-24 to win outright over Indianapolis. Uh, they had produced just two scoring drives, had the Raiders in their previous 18 possessions before they started this game with scoring possessions on three of their first four. They had lost two straight by 18 or more points. And they had this trip to London looming, so they went in there. They had to get a win. They did. Um, And their second half starts, 16-play drive for Oakland, consumed 9 minutes and 12 seconds. Yesterday, one of the big themes yesterday was these long, ridiculous drives in so many games. Oakland had one, 9 minutes and 12 seconds, ended with a short field goal, gave the Raiders a 24-10 lead. They did have their penalties. That's a Raiders thing, 11 for 80. Uh, Two key turnovers um, for Indianapolis. They fumbled at the Oakland 16. That's the thing. All of this game would have been different for these two turnovers, Chris. A fumble at the Oakland 16-yard line with 3.46 left in the second quarter when the Colts were down 21-10, to and they were yeah. coming in to make it a one-score yeah. game, and then that interception I mentioned with 2.09 left when they were down just 24-17. to um, So that's the story with both of those teams. This is in London. Um, and I've got, you know, even with the London part of things, which sort of neutralizes. By the way, it's technically an Oakland Raiders home game, but it's in London. I got Chicago minus six in this game. 
you're a little bit high. I see as low as four and a half, as high as five and a half. Um, a London I I discount, like four maybe. and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, the pound I know is falling pretty good with Brexit. So uh, I'm going to go with four and a half. Uh, I think uh, I, I, I thought Oakland looked pretty good, and of course we didn't even mention Trubisky is going to be out for a while. Yeah. Now, does that matter to the number? Nah, I don't think so. You know, I think Chase Daniel looks at least so far at least as good as Trubisky. But uh, I'm going to go with four and a half in this game. I think the public might come in on uh, on Oakland. I just see this as a very tough defensive battle. Uh, even yesterday, Chicago, listen, they won. They won handily. The score probably not completely indicative of how much they dominated that game. But I think points are going to be hard to come by in this game. And I'd hate to give either side too many points. I'm going to go with four and a half. I, I think I like that a little bit better. I think you're probably right. That is a better number. And what I mean by the London discount, and follow me here, is I actually think if this game's in Oakland, it's worse off for the Raiders. So I think the travel across the sea sort of neutralizes everything, right? I think we all agree the Bears are a better football team with that defense than the Raiders are. Sure. But imagine, I mean, if you played this game in Timbuktu, right? The, long, the further you go, the more it neutralizes. Uh, any advantage for the better team. So I think that it probably does get knocked down to four and a half. That would make sense to me. Uh, by the way, how about the Vontae's perfect thing since I brought it up earlier? Uh, he was ejected. Oh, yeah. He might be out for the season. Might be I've done for the rumors year. Rumors that they're going to suspend him for the season. Yeah. yeah. Recidivist yeah. Is, uh, is what he is. Uh, yeah. he, was, he was ejected early in the second quarter after being called for unnecessary roughness, helmet to helmet collision with Jack Doyle. And the thing about it was even before. <laughs> This is not funny, but with perfect, somehow it, it sort of you just sort of shake your head. Uh, even before the ref, Scott Novak announced to the crowd that the replay review was determined. Perfect was jogging into the locker room. He's like, "Yeah, I did that. I'm done." <laughs> so he was. You know, he's had 11 fines and suspensions in seven seasons. Uh, That's with Cincinnati before I joining the Raiders. If he takes that into account when he when he negotiates his contract, you know, well, you know, I'm going to get fined two hundred thousand this year. So. I got to build that and build that into my uh, salary. I don't know. Maybe that. Yeah. That was one where just, you know, a lot of these were like, well, you know, it's football. You don't have really time to react. That one seemed like he had time to sort of make a different decision. Um, So he was out of there. So, okay. Chicago minus four and a half at London. Brent Musburger on his way to London for that one next week. Uh, is that an early? Is that an early time? What's the what's the kickoff for that, Jeff? That game. It's a ten a.m. No, Pacific. A 10 it's a ten a.m. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. but but not early, early. Not like those old six a.m. Pacific things that we had to like no. get up for and watch no. streaming. Okay. All right. So that's part of the ten yeah. a.m. group of games, one p.m. Eastern. We'll come back. We'll do more uh, week five lines. Chris Andrews, the director of the South Point Hotel Casino, of course, at Andrews Sports is where you can follow him on Twitter. We'll come back. We'll do more right here on a numbers game at Visa. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. A Numbers Game brought to you by the BetMGM app. As a matter of fact, proud sponsors of the show. Get in on the action by downloading the exciting new BetMGM app. First-time players can make their first bet completely risk-free, up to $500. And the same guys that bring you Atlantic City's premier hotel and casino will be with you all season long with a wide variety of betting options and easy deposit and withdrawal methods. The withdrawal. That's what you should be focused on. Download the app. Use bonus code VSIN500 at sign up to get your $500 risk free bet. I said $500. That's a nickel. That's bonus code VSIN500 to place your first bet MGM wager risk free. You can sign up anywhere, but you must be in the state of New Jersey to place a bet. Bet MGM, it's how you play the game. Download the app today. Got to be 21 years of age or older. New Jersey only. 
Restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. By the way, Shana Tova to everybody celebrating uh, New Year today, including Tariq Cohen and Eddie Goldman of the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Happy New Year to them. Oh, wait. Wait, they're not tribesmen? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get the memo. Chrissy, uh, Chris Andrews is with us from uh, L.A. Chris, uh, how are you feeling, by the way? How's, uh, how's everything going with the book? Uh, I think the book's doing well. You know, I, I only get these quarterly reports, you know, but uh, the response on Twitter has been really positive. I mean, everybody that gets the book loves it, that I can tell you. Um, so uh, if, if you haven't gotten it yet, what's wrong with you? Go out there and get a book, bro. <laughs> what's you wrong know, come with on. you? Uh, <laughs> it's called, but, uh, it's called yeah, And Then it's One Day. Well. I'll get my... And Then One Day and get it on Amazon, uh, you know, just... Uh, or my Twitter. I have a pinned tweet. Where you could uh, just uh, you know click on that and it'll take you right to the site. You can order it, and uh, yeah, I mean so far the reviews have been excellent. Uh, the guys that have read it, I've loved it, and uh, you know so I think it's doing pretty well. I'm very happy with it. Like I said, you, you make those, you write those kind of books. You know you're not going to make a fortune out of it, but you do it to connect with people. And I think I've connected with a lot of people. I think uh, it's been very successful in that sense. I was trying to make you a fortune, Chrissy, on top of it. But it is a great book. And by oh, the way, I wouldn't mind making you... <laughs> a fortune, believe me. <laughs> and last week, uh, <laughs> last week, your story that... Vanity Curtis gives me... Uh, I, I'm sorry. Vanity Curtis gives me a check for a million dollars. I won't say, well, yeah, I really... I, I didn't really expect this. <laughs> I wasn't really planning on this, Anthony, but I'll take it. Uh, yes, uh, last Only week. a million? Is that it? Yeah. Last week, your story, uh, it, I am now a Sikh warrior, <laughs> was one of the great stories ever. <laughs> didn't make the book. Didn't make a previous uh, no. story time on uh, Beating the Book podcast guessing lines. Um, that might have been a top tenor, Chris. That was great, that story. <laughs> it's a great one. And, uh, you know, I'll I'll. I'll I'll kind of tell you off the air why I didn't make the book. Oh, okay. I don't want to mention there's it. All, there's always but, a story yeah. behind the story. Yeah. There's a story behind a story oftentimes. That, that would be one of them. So, you know, uh, but, you know, I'm starting, guys are coming up to me and, and reminding me of some other things. And I, I've been taking notes and I'm thinking, oh, I, you know, I might have enough for a second book. You know, I don't oh. know. But, uh, but go out and buy this one, everybody. Don't wait for that. Go That's out right. And buy this one. That's right. Let's let's buy this one first, and then one day available where all books yeah. are sold, yeah. including Amazon. Uh, I just want to reiterate one point: not the Eddie Goldman, Tariq Cohen, uh, Shana Tova, Happy New Year's part of this, but the <laughs> the you know let's just take the NFL as we were saying, like no one knows anything. One of the things that I think is key is. You know, take that Colts-Raiders outcome that we talked about, and I don't want to gloss over the point I made. The Colts fumble that ball late in the second quarter on their way, you know, to the house, uh, maybe to the house, at least a field goal, down 21-10 to 10 end of the second quarter. And then the pick six late in that game, the Colts only end up losing uh, by seven points in the end. Oh, excuse me, yeah, but seven points, 31-24. to 24. So the perception, you know, look, hey, Raiders went in there, beat them. They scored three out of their first four possessions. You wonder, I mean, does anybody, I guess the takeaway from that game, I guess what I'm suggesting is, I still don't think the Raiders are that good, right? And so the four and a half, despite the travel to London, seems light to me. Khalil Mack probably makes three ridiculous plays in this game in London. 
Yeah, listen, I went through this when I was briefly working. I was working for the Calneva technically, but when William Hill was buying them, they're trying to make up some algorithms in order to do in-game wagering, you know, on the NFL or in football in general. And, you know, I explained to them because they really kind of, certainly at that point, they were very foreign to the NFL football. And I was trying to tell them, that's, that's the weird thing about football. You can have first and goal, and it might wind up being seven the other way. You know, uh-huh. you throw the wrong pick six and forget about it. And, I mean, how do you put that in an algorithm? You know, I don't know. And uh, they were having a lot of trouble with their in-game, like I said, not, not so much watching the game that they honestly don't understand that well. They're trying to you know formulate an equation that was a, a good predictor. Now, I'm sure there's some that are some predictors that are better than others. I'm sure of that. But this game is just so crazy that uh, you know it's it's hard to to get uh, to get a gauge on exactly what will happen. Forget about what has happened. You know how are you going to gauge that? I mean it's it's very very difficult. Which is uh, you know why the bookmakers love it and uh, yeah the, the betting public loves it too. But uh, but it's very hard to predict, you know, before the game, in the game. And like I said, even after the game, you go back and analyze. There's a lot of woulda, coulda, shouldas. And that, that's in almost every game in the NFL. That's right. Unless you have access to the, uh, to the turnovers and the final box score, nothing really yeah. is, is that uh, yeah. much of a sure thing. All right, let's do a couple more here, Chris. What's next Sunday morning? Okay. Uh, we got Arizona at Cincinnati. Oh, I really, there's not much to say here. Cincinnati hasn't played. They're at Pittsburgh tonight. They're three-point dogs. Uh, Arizona's 0-3-1. Zane Gonzalez missed a couple field goals yesterday from 43-48 and for the Cardinals. They've given up six touchdowns to opposing tight ends. That is a theme that I have stated Mm -hmm. once before on this show, but it's also for fantasy uh, players. Cardinals, not good against opposing tight ends. Uh, Disley. Team high, seven catches for 57 yards against the Cardinals yesterday in the Cardinals' loss at home to the uh, Seahawks, 27-10. to 10. And I really don't know what we've figured out about Kyler Murray quite yet, Chris, to be honest with you. Choppy is how I would sort of rate his performance thus far. I don't think they can be that upset with it. I don't think they can be that happy uh, with his performance. I'll just say Cincinnati's sight unseen, the placeholder should be three in this game. That's higher. It's four and a half, and that's almost a universal number from what I'm looking at. I, I do kind of like that. Um, you know, I hate to say I kind of expect a decent performance out of Cincinnati tonight, win or lose at Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, so I think the four and a half is okay. You know, Gil, I, I've said this before. I I don't want to root against anybody, you know, especially like these rookies coming into the league. Uh, you because know, I want the league to thrive. I want them to just do well, and everybody wants to bet it every game. But I said it about Kyler Murray. I just said the kid is just too small, and uh, and I said it about their coach. I mean, why is Clinsbury an NFL coach? You know, so I'm kind of anti Arizona. And you know, I, you know Murray, he, you know he's just too little. I mean, I see him back there, and they were comparing him to Russell Wilson. Uh, listen, <laughs> Russell Wilson, I think is like a one in a million kind of guy. He's a terrific quarterback, and Kyler Murray he has to take these huge deep drops can't even see over his own lineman. I, I think it was a terrible choice by Arizona to pick him number one. You know, listen, Murray made the right decision financially. I think they gave him thirty-five million or whatever it was, where the Oakland A's were going to give him five million. So for he himself personally, right decision. But for the NFL, for Arizona, I think it was a very bad decision to have him rated so highly. And there were some 
I hate to use the word political correctness, but there was like a correctness to to not knock Kyler Murray going into the draft. Like if you if you thought like me, you know, people were saying, "Oh, you're just a caveman. You don't understand the new." NFL and the way it works and we protect the quarterbacks and it's a much faster game and all that, you know, maybe a little, but not that much. I mean, you still, you know, they talk about Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. Those are, those are aberrations. And this kid, I just don't think has it. I said, I don't want to root against them, but I don't mind betting against them. I can tell you that I had Seattle in all my contests yesterday as one of my top picks. So uh, I'm definitely anti-Arizona at this point. I thought I love Cincinnati so much, but I think four and a half is a decent place to start. By the way, that was a, the first game that featured two starting quarterbacks shorter than six feet in, I think, a generation, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure when the last year was, but you don't see that very often. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I, you know, listen, as I heard you saying that, yeah, part of me said to myself, huh, Chris is Captain Caveman. But the other part of me said, uh, the main part of my brain said, uh, I think you're right. I think you're right about most yeah. of that. Um, that Russell Wilson... Is and Drew Brees. Drew Brees. If they when, when they put the camera behind Drew Brees, and Drew Brees is what listed at six feet, I believe. But when they put the camera behind yeah. him, it is amazing that he completes any pass, let alone being a Hall yeah. of Famer. Right? It's just incredible. It's like how did he complete that? And he just he just has this uh, amazing football sense and a knowledge of his offense and where his receivers are going to be. And he's just he's one of a kind. Uh, Russell Wilson does it with his legs as well, and that's just the exception at that height with those monsters uh, all over the football field. But uh, Cincinnati minus four and a half is the number. I can totally see it being that if Cincinnati comports, you know, it plays well tonight. Uh, I can see it going down to three if Cincinnati gets destroyed tonight. Let's put it that way. So I don't have a problem yeah. with, uh, with either yeah. one. All right, let's do another one. Jacksonville at Carolina. Jacksonville at Carolina. Well, this, this ends up being an okay kind of game. Uh, these, yeah, these that's were, an interesting game. Yeah, two expansion teams at the same time. Jacksonville and Carolina, both 2-2 two and two now. Carolina, by virtue of their win over Houston, we'll get to Houston because I have no clue what Houston does from week to week. But Carolina wins at 16-10. One of those dogs on the road, one of those road dogs that won outright. Uh, they win 16-10 despite perhaps Kyle Allen's fumbles yesterday. Um, Jacksonville, good Lord, where do we start with this? Uh, Jacksonville yesterday, <laughs> let's start with Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville, 114 first-half yards yesterday in the first half. Okay, 114 yards, six points. Then in the second half, north of 300 uh, points for Jacksonville and 20 points for Jacksonville in the second half in their 26-24 uh, to 24 Come from behind, or she said, come from a you come from behind, come from ahead, come from behind, win over Denver. Leonard Fournette, 29 carries, 225 yards, career high. That included an 81 yarder. They win it on Josh Lambeau's 33 yard field goal as time expired. They did have 12 penalties for 104 yards, but their time of possession domination over the Broncos yesterday, 39 12 to 20 minutes and 48 seconds. Uh, they fell behind Denver by two touchdowns, 17-3. to three. And in the day of long, sustained drives, Jacksonville had two of them. A 10-minute, 24-second drive that, led, that started the third quarter that cut the lead to 17-13. to 13. Then a 7-minute drive that led to a field goal gave them a 23-17 to 17 lead uh, in the fourth quarter. Flacco matriculated for the Broncos to get a touchdown, and that led to that final drive for Jacksonville, by the way, which was aided by another roughing the passer. Uh, penalty on the Broncos. We'll get to them. 
Carolina, as I said, uh, Kyle Allen, 24 of 34 for 232. He was sacked three times. Three fumbles in his third career start, second this season in place of Cam Newton. Texans were only able to get points out of the last one of those fumbles, though. And Christian, McCra- uh, Christian McCaffrey continues to be everything. 29 carries, uh, 27 carries, rather, for 93 yards, a touchdown, 10 receptions for 86. Jacksonville, Carolina, uh, it's probably more than a field goal just because it's still Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew, it's still a rookie quarterback as as well as he's played. But it is Kyle Allen that that obviously mitigates it as well. I just think the perception of Carolina is is that much better. So I'm going to say it's four. I'm going to say it's Carolina minus four, just perception wise. That's three and a half. As a matter of fact, I see three and a half guys that use juice, uh, juice on the dog. Um, you know, of course, I say it every week here at South Point. Everything's eleven to ten on straight bets off the board in football. Um, so we're going to open three and a half. You know, I, I really, I like Kyle Allen. I was looking through his QBR. There were my notes, forty-three point nine. I thought being a little bit higher than that. And uh, you know, Jacksonville. Gardner Minshew, he was 41.1. So, anyway, quarterbacking, probably uh, about even. But, I mean, Leonard Fournette, <laughs> this this is finally the Leonard Fournette, I think, that we somewhat expected to see in the NFL. I mean, he was dominant yesterday. But I think it was a really good game. I think both these teams look pretty decent to me. Uh, you said three. I I, I I really kind of like your number better, but I don't want to mess around with the three at this point. I said I'm four, Chris. I had four. Oh, you said four. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. I went the other way. Uh, I like three and a half. I, I could see this game going to three, though. I think uh, a lot of money showed on Jacksonville yesterday, and that was one of those games where uh, I was scratching my head. Thinking, I'm not sure why everybody's on Jacksonville so heavily, but they were. And they were evidently right. Now, was that a bet on Jacksonville or a bet against Denver? <laughs> I was going to say, positive. it's the fate of Denver. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm not positive. It, it could be either one. You know, But uh, definitely Jacksonville, we've talked about it before. If you bet against Jacksonville, they take away your wise guy card. I don't know if that applies this year. It <laughs> certainly has in years past. But uh, I, I'm going to open three and a half. I think three and a half is okay. But I wouldn't be surprised if this game goes closer to three by post time. We'll get to the Broncos. And I just want to say this, Chris, because Denver was one of my circus sports picks. If I bet on Denver again this year, you have permission to slap me in the neck. Seriously, just come up to me. Don't say anything. Just walk up to me, say nothing, and just slap me in the neck. Because it's just, it's pure hell. I I have no idea. And I say it before, right? I'm like, I can't. Now catch a shot of me a quarter in when I see the Flacco face and I remember that I'm betting on him. Uh, But it's a Flacco Fangio sort of Kinella. And it has not gone well. So we'll get to that momentarily. We'll come back. We'll take a break. We'll do some more. Week five, guessing lines. Again, hopefully you're guessing uh, along with us. It's an interactive game. Uh, Nod to the old Stardust guessing line show. Uh, The first sort of salvo at uh, the upcoming week's NFL lines. Give you your first uh, start to your handicapping week, if you will. And hopefully you can find an edge within the process. We'll come back more with Chris Andrews right here on a numbers game at VEASAN. Keep it right here for more of A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. How much do I love October? Football on the weekends, baseball playoffs starting tomorrow. God's best month of the year. Sports fans, sports betting, all the above. Let's do some more Week 5 guessing lines. Chrissy, let's sneak a couple more in. What do you got next? By the way, hockey opens on Wednesday, too. Oh, so. let me not sleep on that. That's right. Hockey. You know, no, I, you know. 
that's that's you know there's a couple of trends I've seen since I kind of got back into business. Uh, but that's one lot of hockey action, and I can see why. I've I'm, I'm been a hockey fan my whole life, so anyway, that starts Wednesday too. So you're right; it's great, great sports time of year. Okay, we got the Vikings at the Giants. Vikings at the Giants. Uh, we mentioned uh, all about the Vikings. Kirk Cousins yesterday, and their loss, by the way, to the uh, Bears, sixteen to six. A game that was perhaps not as close as sixteen to six indicates. Kirk Cousins, twenty-seven of thirty-six for two thirty-three, no touchdowns, no picks, sacked six times, and once again, Chris, a fumble that led to a Chicago field goal at the outset of the second half. That was a big sort of inflection point of the game, where you're like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. Stephon Diggs uh, was his perhaps one safety valve, seven catches, 108 yards. But it's Kirk Cousins and an $84 million contract, and every Redskin fan is sort of sitting there and nodding their head like, yeah, it's kind of kind of what it is. Now, here's the thing. Uh, you know, the Redskins, are the Redskins better off for not having them? No, obviously not. But it's this weird thing in the NFL, and I alluded to it with Jared Goff earlier. If you're not a Hall of Famer or you're not an overperformer on a rookie contract where you can pay handsomely to other positions on a team, i.e. sort of Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, when they won the Super Bowl and probably should have won more than one, you're not winning Super Bowls, right? So these middle ground quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins, like Jared Goff, these teams end up having to make these massive decisions, whether it's the Redskins or the Vikings with Cousins, whether it's the Rams who, who decided what they decided with uh, Jared Goff and threw $134 million at him. The NFL is sort of a screwy league like that now where teams, the, the way that it's structured, they've got to make these massive financial decisions on guys that probably are going to lead them to middling playoff success, you know, as, as a ceiling. So that's where the Vikings are right now. They're 2-2. Two and two. And then there's the Giants who are 2-2. Two and two. By the way, if I told you before the season, this is a, two, a game between two 2-2 two and 2 teams. Daniel Jones, uh, not so great yesterday, 23 of 31 for 225, one touchdown, two picks. But the Giants played the Skins. They out-first-downed the Skins, if you will, 24 to 8. Uh, They held the Skins to 176 total yards, 55 on the ground. Both teams had four turnovers. What just a mess of a game. Uh, Again, the time of possession thing was such a theme yesterday. 36-09 to 23-51 in favor of the Giants. Wayne Gallman, two touchdowns uh, in... in, uh, Saquon Barkley stead there. Jabril Preppers, uh, Jabril, Jabril Peppers rather scored on a, a 32-yard interception return. Giants 24 to 3 over the Skins yesterday. The only road dog, the Skins, that didn't win outright, if you can believe that. Uh Minnesota minus four and a half, I guess, on the road at the Giants. It'll be more than three. It'll be less than seven. I'll say four and a half. Very good. That's exactly what I'm going to open it. I see four nice. and a half and five. I definitely like the four and a half better. You know, I'm with you on Cousins. I mean, boy, that's – I mean, we'll go into this a little bit later on some other teams. But, you know, the Giants, I think the Giants have a chance to improve. And um, you talked about Daniel Jones. Where's my notes here? He had a pretty good uh, QBR, which is a different way to look at things. I, I, I'm not always married to it, but I think it's a good way to look at things. 73.3 was his QBR. Very impressive for a kid really making just uh, his second start. Uh Anyway, but I, I, I was kind of impressed with them. Not very impressed with Minnesota. I mean, they really want to run the ball an awful lot, and if they have to rely on Cousins, I'm not sure it's there. So I see four and a half and five, but I definitely like the four and a half better. And I think Giants pretty viable dog in this game. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if seeing some money showing the Giants here. All right, let's do one more. Oh, you'll love this one. New England at Washington. 
And needless to say, I knew this was coming. By the way, how about Redskins at Dolphins next week? That should be fun. Redskins oh, at Dolphins. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, so the Patriots are going to be 5-0 and and the Redskins are going to be 0-5. Let's get that out of the way. Um, Patriots' first 4-0 and start in four years. They entered not having allowed a touchdown uh, rushing or passing. They entered the game against Buffalo or a point in the first half. Both of those streaks came to an end. Uh, Patriots' 16 points were scored as a result of Bill's miscues, all 16 of their points. Patriots win it on the road 16-10. to uh, And there was the big knockout of Josh Allen late in that game. The Bills were none too pleased with that. And uh, so Matt Barkley was left to finish for the Bills, so we don't know how that would have ended otherwise. But the Patriots get the win. Tom Brady, 45. Speaking of, uh, you said QBR. How about a passer rating, which is scored at a yeah. 158.3. Tom Brady, 45.9 passer rating, sixth lowest of his career, 3.8 yards per attempt, worst of his career. But then there's the Redskins. Jay Gruden, 35, 48, and one now lifetime. Uh, Dwayne Haskins Jr., (laughs) Uh, nine for 17, 107, no touchdowns, three picks. One of them wasn't his fault. 32.8 passer rating. But, you know, uh, that was better than Case Keenum's passer rating of 23.7. They were 2 of 11 where the Redskins and their loss to the Giants on third downs. I mentioned 176 total yards. They're also a mess in penalties, right? 12 for 58. Uh, I mentioned they got, you know, the time of possession, 23.51 in that game against the Giants. And then the Skins, like, they have injuries every week, and we've barely started the season, right? So Chase Rullier, the knee injury, their center. Brandon Scherf didn't play his ankle. Terry McLaurin was a scratch with his hamstring. Uh, Jordan Reed is never seeing the field again with a concussion. And so Wes Martin, their rookie guard, by the way, made his NFL debut starting for Scherf. So the Redskins are a mess. Uh, the Patriots by 17 and a half. How about that? <laughs> no, you're a little high. By the way, you're talking about QBRs. You know what? Uh, let me find. Where was uh, Brady? 10.3. That scored out of 100. And I don't have all yeah. his QBRs. Out of 100, that is just awful. And they have to, I mean, he did not look good. But, you know, I kind of give some credit to that Buffalo defense, but I'm sure we'll get to them a little bit later, too. Uh, you know, you're a little bit high. You know, it's the uh, anti-Redskin bias uh, that you have, that I, with, that I have. <laughs> which is very justifiable. Is accusing me of? <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah, like I said, completely justifiable. What is it? <laughs> Fifteen and a half, or I see some fifteens. I'm going to open fifteen and a half. Give me the Patriots. Give, and, give me uh, the Patriots. Why? Why is it any less yeah, than seventeen? And I half? mean, I don't know. I, I thought it should be seventeen anyway. You That's know, coming kind of to go me. from there. But I'm going to go with fifteen and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if I see it higher, I'm going to go higher. Boy, this Washington team. Uh, you know, and uh, you said it last week. It was like a life sentence. When this 35-year-old Daniel Snyder bought this team, yeah. there, there's, uh, there, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I, I don't think there is with this guy. I think it's just going to be one screw up after another, and milking the fans and the NFL for all he can for every every dollar he can line his pocket with. I just, you know, how they let these guys in the league in the first place. But I guess it's hard to judge a 35-year-old, but he's been a jerk from day one. He really has been. And, uh, you know, what am I going to say? I'm a Pirates fan, so I know how it is, how people, uh, the owners come in and just milk the public on every penny they can get with no intention of ever improving the team. And that's exactly what you have in Washington. Uh, 17 and a half is a better number. I'm sorry. That's way too low. 
It really is. And I'm not, yeah. I know it's an anti-Redskin bias because of self-loathing, but, but that's going to come to me. I'm pretty sure about that. We'll find out if it will as the week progresses. We'll come back. I do want to make a baseball note because the playoffs are starting. We'll talk about that. And we'll ask Chrissy about uh, some interesting sort of uh, non-intuitive numbers on these playoff numbers, if you will. We'll get to that momentarily, and then we'll resume guessing lines. It's a numbers game right here at VEASAN. Stick around. Support for today's podcast, as always, comes from Bookmaker.eu. Bookmaker.eu, an industry leader for 30 years now. Pro players considering them a must because their first post odds take the highest limits and pride themselves on never having kicked out a winning player ever. I do mean ever. Bookmaker, high-volume sports book. That's not only for the sophisticated player who understands sports betting, but they also cater to large recreational players as well. And their motto remains where the lines originate because chances are the sports book at which you've been betting follows their lines. And right now the offer stands. Bookmaker.eu slash gill. Bookmaker.eu slash G-I-L-L. Go there right now. You can claim an exclusive 100% welcome bonus of up to $300. That's Bookmaker dot eu slash gill to join and claim your welcome bonus of up to three hundred dollars right now just bet on a replay myself night after night that's what we do markets for everything at bookmaker.eu slash gill it's a numbers game with your host gill alexander Hour number two of guessing lines week five right here at the national football league on a numbers game here at vison uh, happy New Year to those who uh, celebrate such things today. Um, not only am I at work, I'm doing a doubleheader today, sitting in for Brent, uh, for Brent Musburger, my guys in the desert. So uh, just a parlay, if I could just uh, say this, make sure my mother's not listening today, because it would be bad news for me if she, if she knows I'm on the air twice. Gil, you're my leading today. <laughs> <laughs> just don't let my mother know that I'm on the air. And by the way, uh, on Yom Kippur, 10 days from now, please don't let my mother know, or a higher power for that matter, that both me and Wishnev will be in for Yom Kippur. That's really the worst. Uh, Chrissy Andrews is here to guess some lines. Before we get back to week five, Chris, uh, let me ask you about a little baseball note that I mentioned before the break, which is just sort yeah. of an interesting thing yeah. that the, the Nationals are minus 178, minus 179, somewhere in that pocket. Um, tomorrow night, because it's Max Scherzer on the Hill. Scherzer, by the way, who has not been as good lately as he has been earlier in the season. Brandon Woodruff going for the Brewers, who have just been on fire down the stretch. But then when we get to the uh, to the South Point NL pennant numbers, you see that the Brewers are actually the shorter shot. Is that just a liability uh, question there for you? Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, listen, we've been taking action on this baseball for about 11 months now. So yeah. we're all over the place. Uh, yeah, so that's a liability issue and uh, probably not a reflection of the true odds going in here. So uh, I'll probably have to make some adjustments today, uh, be- you know, once I get off the phone here and start looking at things a little more closely. But <laughs> that's where we were mostly, again, because of action. I love that. That sounded more like, now that you mentioned it to me, Gil, maybe when I come in there I should adjust. Yeah, <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. All right. Well, no. so that's interesting. And I, I cannot wait for baseball. Cannot wait. And uh, it's a rocking chair game for me, as I said. We set it up. I hope numbers game listeners followed all that stuff when we're saying, hey, the, the Nationals are available over at William Hill at plus money to win the wild game. Hey, the Brewers at 10-1. I hope everybody uh, set themselves up as well for this. Um, but, you know, what's interesting about – By the way. Yes. Go ahead. Oh, can I throw this out? A good friend of mine is a big baseball fan. 
sent me this book when he knew I was going to be spending. And by the way, I've had so many people send me books now that I'm, you know, under doctor's care. Anyway, this one I think would be interesting to you. And so far, I'm only uh, two chapters in, but a history of baseball in ten pitches. Hmm. Very interesting book. And I'm not getting anything for this. I'm just giving the book a plug by Tyler Kepner. And uh, it starts the first chapter is on the slider, second chapter is on the fastball. And that's where I'm at right now. It's really a good book. And for a baseball fan, I'd say, uh, you know, kind of a must buy. Should get this one. Okay. And by the way, uh, once the wild card games get through Tuesday and Wednesday, just for those who want to know the schedule, St. Louis at Atlanta game one Thursday. That's followed by the winner of the NL wild card game against the Dodgers at Chavez Ravine. That's also a Thursday game. And then Friday, quadruple header. National League game twos, or games two, if you want to pluralize it correctly, and then the uh, AL, Minnesota at the Yankees, and whoever wins the AL wildcard game at Houston. So baseball playoffs, finally meaningful baseball games uh, after so long without really anything of, uh, you know, with the exception of a few teams that were in races, not real import otherwise. Let us continue with week five guessing lines. So far of, of the games we've done, we'll recap these at the end. But I think I like the Bears if they're only given four and a half at London against the Raiders. I definitely like the Patriots if it's only 14 and a half against the Skins. Um, Jesus. It's, it's not, 15 and a half. 15 and a half. I mean, half. Yeah. that's what we're going to open, 15 and a half. It could, be, it could be 20 and a half, and I might play it. Listen, here's the problem. As we just mentioned, 10 and th- uh, road dogs yesterday, 7 and 1 straight up. So it's not fun laying points anywhere. But those two leap to mind so far, anyway. Let's do let's do another one, Chris. What's next? Yeah, not much on this one. Jets at the Eagles. Uh, you know, there's a, a question mark that Darnold might be back for the Jets. So there's very few numbers. I only see a couple out there. But the Jets at the at the Eagles. Yeah, Sam Darnold recovering from the mononucleosis, and again, mononucleosis is something that folks recover from. But if you're playing a contact sport. There are ramifications of, of regarding your spleen. You cannot have that hampered in any way, ruptured, because uh, then it would be life-threatening. So we don't know if it's Sam Darnold. We don't know if it's Luke Falk. Uh, but it's the Jets who are coming off a bye, playing the Eagles, who will have extra rest since they played Thursday night against the Packers. Yeah, It's double digits. I guess, you know, I, I would just sort of throw 10.5 out there. I'm guessing that might be short, though, if I say 10.5. Yeah, like I say, I only see a few numbers, but 14 is what it's looking wow. like. Wow. And uh, that's even with Darnold. I'm hoping it's 14. Yeah. I think right now that's the big question mark. Is he playing or not? I mean, listen, I don't think he's exactly set the world on fire, but he looks pretty good. And Luke Falk, uh, you know, boy, I don't know. I think there's some pretty big question marks. Uh, around that kid at this point. But I'm going to open 14 to be extremely conservative on taking any action in this game. So uh, just leave it at that. I think the Eagles come off a, a huge win on Thursday night. So Jets are coming off a bye, but the Eagles are coming off a Thursday game. So they have extra rest too. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what would help the Jets in this case. Darnold, I guess, certainly would. But uh, I'm going to open 14 see where they want to go with that. I got, like I said at the outset, I got the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and there's nothing in the NFC that suggests to me that that's an impossibility. Yeah. Let's put it that way. All right, what's next? Uh, next up, we've got Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Tampa Bay at New Orleans. NFC South. Two and two Buccaneers now against the three and one Saints. 
Uh, Buccaneers, as we mentioned, go into Los Angeles. 55 to 40 winners at the Rams. Jameis, 28 of 41 for 385, four touchdowns and a pick. That was good Jameis yesterday. Uh, Chris Godwin, 12 catches, 172 yards, both career highs, two touchdowns. Uh, Tampa Bay, 12 penalties for 99. They were part of the penalty brigade. But Tampa Bay had an 18-point lead yesterday that shrunk to five on that Marcus Peters pick six. And that was a week after they blew the 18-point lead against the Giants. So they must have had a sphincter-tightening experience yesterday on that. Uh, Sorry to be so graphic there, Chris. Uh, And then Indomitian Sue returned Jared Goff's fumble, 37 yards for a touchdown, 106 left. That's what uh, shut the door once and for all in the Bucs' 55-40 win against previously unbeaten uh, L.A. That was after Barrett forced the fumble with his ninth sack of the season. Uh, Shaq Barrett on that. So, uh, by the way, that's the most sacks in NFL history through a team's first four games since sacks became a stat in 1982. Uh, Tampa Bay gave up 518 total yards in victory as the Rams uh, threw the ball all around the yard trying to come back. But it was like with the Raiders, it was an early burst, right? It was an early 21 to nothing lead for the Buccaneers. Um, they scored 24 points. They outscored the Rams in the fourth quarter, 24 to 20. That was the fourth quarter alone. And as I said, that Marcus Peters hit by Donovan Smith was just horrific. And then there was the Saints last night, literally like the only thing I got right. I think, from top to bottom. Um, Saints, in a very defensive struggle, they outgained the Cowboys 266 to 258. So imagine both of those teams contrasted with the um, Rams-Buccaneers game. Basically, both of those teams combined almost what one of the teams had in the Bucs-Rams game. Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater, was sacked five times last night. Saints had nine penalties for 80 yards, but they outpossessed the Cowboys big time, 36-04 to 23-56. They had the ball over 18 minutes in the second half as well. Amari Cooper got shut down by Marshawn Lattimore. Um, that was really a big deal for, for the Saints. Even Saints defense was awesome last night. They won without scoring a touchdown. Von Bell forced a fumble, um, two recoveries. That helped stifle Dallas's offense. And uh, Will Lutz, four field goals, 12-10. Saints over the Cowboys. Uh, That game, that second half last night, was on warp speed. That was such a quick football game. Um, So Saints slogging along with Teddy Bridgewater, but they got it done yesterday. Um, Cowboys hadn't played anybody. We made that point, Chris, before this game, and now they played somebody. And, you know, they went into a tough environment and lost. No shame in that. But it, it just plays to the fact that who's good? We don't know. Who's really that good? I'm not sure. Um, I think the Saints will be more than a field goal favorite. They'll be less than a touchdown. I'll say four and a half at home against Tampa Bay. Yeah, you're right on. I see nothing but four and a half, actually, in this game. Makes sense. You know, I think that's okay. I think that might be a little light. And, uh, you know, I talked last week. I think I said it on the air. I definitely said it on Twitter. I think we're starting to see good Jameis. And, you know, the guy's always had the talent. He just needed the right coaching. And I think he's finally got that with Bruce Arians, who's had success with this type of quarterback, a big, big, strong kid, you know, from Andrew Luck to Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Car- uh, uh, Carson, what's his name from uh, from USC? Uh, Palmer. My, my brain is not what I'll use. Carson Palmer, thank you. Uh, so that's his type of quarterback. And I think he's having some success now with Jameis Winston, definitely looked pretty good yesterday. Conversely, I've always sung the praises of Teddy Bridgewater 
But boy, since the injury, the kid is just not what he was. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel bad for him. You know, he's just not. I'm looking at QBRs. His was 17.8 yesterday, and uh, you know, he just you know obviously didn't lead him to any touchdowns. Uh, just four field goals. You know, against a pretty tough defense, but still, you're a professional quarterback. You're playing at home in a dome. You're supposed to at least get him in the end zone once. Whereas uh, you go to Jameis Winston, 84.6 was his QBR. So he's really turned into a decent quarterback so far. Uh, I think it's a tough environment, though, and highly impressed with the New Orleans defense. Not so impressed with the Tampa Bay defense, though, I got to tell you that. So I, I think it's a little light, but I think four and a half is an okay place to start. I'll see where they want to take me, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if this one closed a little bit higher. I think your point about Teddy Bridgewater, I think that's the big takeaway. One, yes, New Orleans defense played great last night. But, you know, I, I think about the, the sack he took late that gave Dallas the ball. Yeah, that, oh, was, that was terrible. Unforgivable, terrible. right? And I think if you're a Saints fan, this six-week period or whatever it is that Drew Brees is going to be out, you have quickly gone from we're going to be absolutely fine with Teddy Bridgewater because he's Teddy Bridgewater to, uh, boy, Drew Brees can't get back soon enough. Like we're sort of just bridging the gap here because Teddy is not – he is a shell, as you say, to paraphrase, a shell of what I think uh, they thought they had before, at least pre-injury. Oh yeah, pre-injury, I think this kid was destined. I don't want to say destined for stardom, but he was he was destined to be one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL for sure. And uh, he's just not the same. You know, it's it's unfortunate that a guy like that, uh, because I know the team loves him as far as like his teammates and that sort of thing, but he's just not the player he was. And, and it's unfortunate uh, that a guy would suffer that kind of an injury. But uh, you know, but this is what we got. You know, and. Uh, and I think I think Fournaf's a good place to start, but just with the strength of New Orleans and the weakness of the Tampa Bay defense, I can see this one going a little bit higher. Okay, let's do one more here. And the Falcons at the Texans, and these are still early games, right? Ten early games and two late. We're still on ten o'clock. Oh, yeah, God, yeah, we're still on ten o'clock. A, what, what are they thinking? It's for viewing, for betting. It's just the worst. Uh, Atlanta, Atlanta, Houston. Know. This is one of these games. Whenever Houston comes up, because I think Houston for me takes the prize of in a league where we can't figure out many teams at all. Maybe Houston is the poster child of this. Uh, Atlanta's one and three. Houston is two and two. Yesterday, Matt Ryan filled up the box score, but it was all in sort of catch-up mode against the Titans. Right? He was thirty-five of fifty-three, three ninety-seven. He was sacked five times. Uh, Austin Hooper was a good target for him yesterday, 9 for 130. But the Falcons trailed 24 to 7 at halftime. They've been outscored 65 to 10 in the first half of their three losses. So, Dan Quinn, uh, you're in the Jay Gruden sweepstakes as well for the uh, first coach to be fired. And then there's Houston. Um, Deshaun right back to getting sacked a whole bunch. He was 21 of 33, Deshaun Watson. 160 yards passing, no touchdowns, no picks, sacked six times. Uh, Bill O'Brien, quote, it was terrible. We've got to do better. I don't really have any answers. <laughs> I've got to go back and watch the film. I have to start, like, right now, unquote. Okay, Bill, go watch some film. Um, so when, I, when you guess a line for this, I, I sort of throw up my hands. I'm like, I don't know. Like, uh, Three seems like it's probably not a little light. People would bet Houston if it was three. So I'll just say three and a half, and, and I'll guess that's what it is. I see it's four and a half and five. Uh, I, I mean, definitely I like it. As a matter of fact, I can see one. 
I, I definitely I see one five and a half too. Uh, I'm going to start with four and a half. You know, Atlanta. And by the way, I needed Atlanta big yesterday. You know, they they were I think one of four on fourth down. Uh, you mentioned the sacks. Uh, you know, some turnovers. I mean, it's like they're this close to being what we expected them to be. This is a Super Bowl team just a couple years ago. Uh, but on the other hand, Houston, which we know they had a problem with the uh, protecting Deshaun Watson. I think they spent their first two draft choices on a tackle and a guard to beef up that offensive line. And it doesn't look any better than it ever was. I don't know if they're bad draft choices or maybe Deshaun Watson just holds the ball too long. I think that's, I think all that is part of it. Part of it's Deshaun, um, right? Like, like that's Lombardi said that to me yeah, this week. It's just so. kind of his game. Yeah. Yeah. I think he holds it too long. Uh, I'm going to go with four and a half. I, you know, like I said, I don't know what to think. This is a, you know, you talking about Atlanta. You don't know what, or Houston, you don't know what to think. I don't want to know what to think about Atlanta yep. either. This is a, if either team wins by three touchdowns, I don't think I'd be all that shocked. So I'm going to open four and a half, and uh, we'll see where they want to go with that. But, I, you know, this is one of the – I know you always talk about on your megapod, what's the one game you wouldn't want to bet? This, an early look might be this one. Totally. I don't know what these two. Totally would be this game. By the way, I act like, you know, Atlanta and Houston not having identities is the worst thing in the world. It's not like I'm standing up like, at least the Redskins know what they stand for. You know, it's not, it's not like I'm taking that <laughs> position uh, on it as well. I'd rather be Houston or Atlanta. Uh, we have a few more of these before the prime time. We'll take a break. We'll do those still in the 10 a.m. games. What is the NFL? 10 uh, early games, two afternoon games, which is just an abomination. Uh, we'll do those. We'll do the primetime games. Try to extract some value. Guessing lines with Chris Andrews right here on a numbers game at VEASAN. Welcome back to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. Don't forget football season is here. You can get in on the action by downloading the exciting new BetMGM app. Jeff, do you get excited for new apps? Again, is that a yes? That is too strong of a word. Exciting app. Do you get excited about it? I'm very excited. There's, not, there's there's a lot of exciting things out there, including app skill. I'll agree with you. On okay. That. Well, thank you. I just wanted to know if I was uh, using hyperbole with that word, but it is exciting. It's a BetMGM app. First time players can make their first bet completely risk free, up to five hundred United States dollars. And the same guys that bring you Atlantic City's premier hotel and casino will be with you all season long with a wide variety of betting options and easy deposit and withdrawal methods. Just download the app. Use bonus code VSIN500 at sign up. To get your $500 risk-free bet, that's bonus code VSIN500. To place your first bet, MGM wager risk-free. You can sign up anywhere, but you must be in the state of New Jersey to place a bet. Bet MGM, it's how you play the game. Download the app today. Again, got to be 21 years of age or older. New Jersey only. Restrictions apply. That's the Bet MGM app. Check it out. Proud sponsors of a numbers game right here at VEASAN. We get tweets at Beating the Book. We get tweets. Uh, appreciate all the feedback always. Um, sometimes funny, sometimes insightful, sometimes, I don't know. Uh, five too many one. Ron Bauer. Hey, Gil, will you have angry Andy to talk NHL season win totals prior to the season? He's talking about our uh, hockey guy from Edmonton, Alberta, Andy McNeil, who speaks Canadian, so we do have a translator. Um, he cannot do it this week, but he has passed along his projections. So I will pass along his projections. He will be on the show in a couple weeks. But I, he gave me all his numbers, so I will pass those along, Ron, and we will talk hockey this week. Uh, Billy McVegas, hey, Gil, are you still pinch hitting for Uncle Brent today? Yes. Yes, I am. My guys in the desert with Mike Palm, with Vinny Maliulo, and with Ron Flatter. Mayhem. I'll try not to sink the ship. That should be fun. Kyle Stewart, hey, Gil, does the onside app show you what teams allow in defense in football? I can't find it. 
what teams allow in defense. Uh, yes, you'll have to be more specific, but yes, they do. They do uh, show that the onside sports app. Uh, New York Mets. Do you still like the Bears if they don't leave for London until Friday? Is that the word with the Bears? They're not going to London until Friday. Let's check on that. But yes, I still like them. But yes, that is a curious travel schedule, waiting all the way till Friday for the Bears. Uh, Stephen Vegas, 10 NFL games in week five at 10 a.m., two at 1 p.m. in my household. We usually call the afternoon games nap time. Yeah, that's not, uh, it's not a fun schedule. Uh, and then for Chrissy, over-under girl is one of the, uh, Chris Andrews is one of the nicest people, not just in life, but met in his business, a treasure trove of great stories. Yes, that is correct. Uh, we love our Chrissy. Uh, Nicholas Griggs, one more. Minnesota was a road dog who didn't win also. Actually, consensus pick them on Minnesota, so I don't count them as a road dog. You will, you would find some plus ones, but they were a pick them more than uh, plus ones across the board. Anyway, on the screen that I got. Let's bring in Chris Andrews back right here. Uh, you can follow him at Andrews Sports. The name of the book, once again, is And Then One Day, 40 Years of Bookmaking from Chris Andrews. Uh, available where all uh, sports, well, where all books are sold, Amazon and otherwise. He's the South Point Sportsbook Director. And it's our Monday tradition during football season to do guessing lines, an old nod to the old Stardust show. Uh, Chris, we have a couple more. Do we have, do we have one more 10 a.m. game, if my uh, math is correct? Uh, yeah, one more 10, 10 a.m. game. And so we've got Buffalo at Tennessee. Not a whole bunch of numbers out there because we're waiting to see Josh Allen's status. He left yesterday's game with a concussion. He did indeed. He was 13 of 28 before he left with 153. No touchdowns, three picks. He was sacked four times. Um, Buffalo was not happy about this, by the way. They were fuming, by mm-hmm. the way. Uh, unable to finish the game, as you mentioned, helmet-to-helmet hit from Jonathan Jones. Sean McDermott, Buffalo coach, quote, there's no room in football for that. And he questioned why Jones wasn't ejected, as a matter of fact. Uh, Allen was knocked woozy, placed in concussion protocol, left his status uncertain for this game against Tennessee at Tennessee. Uh, next weekend, the Bills were facing third and eight at the New England 45. He scrambled out of the pocket, threw a hole up the middle. Uh, Daron Harmon Came in from the right. Allen was struck in the crown of the helmet by Jones. Lowered his head and made the hit. Teams combined. The Bills and the uh, Patriots yesterday and Patriots 16-10 to win. Combined for 14 punts. One of which was blocked. I mentioned earlier. All 16 Patriots points coming off Bills gaffes. Matt Barkley in place of Josh Allen. 9 of 16, 127. No touchdowns, one pick, one sack. Uh, Frank Gore did his thing. 17 for 109. The ageless wonder on two uh, reconstructed knees. Talking about first downs, the Bills out first down to the Patriots, if you will, 23 to 11, outgained them 375 to 224, but the four turnovers and the minus three turnover margin, that sunk them. That and the fact that they were two of 13 on third downs. And then there's Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee, as we, as we talked about, crushed Atlanta 24 to 10 at Atlanta. And uh, Tennessee did so. Uh, Derrick Henry, 27 catches, 100 yards. A.J. Brown at Ole Miss. Uh, three catches for 94, two touchdowns. Marcus Mariota, and I've, I've taken shots at Marcus Mariota before, Chris, but let me just say this. He's the only quarterback in the NFL this year to start all four games this season who has not turned over the ball once. Now, if you knew you were getting that out of a quarterback more than any other characteristic, yeah. might you not throw a lot of money over a guy who's that judicious with the football? I think you might. I uh, threw three first-half touchdown passes, as I said, two to Brown, Titans defense had three fourth down stops on the Falcons. That's the other thing, right? Those high leverage moments, Tennessee won them all against the Falcons yesterday. Those go the other way. Maybe it's a completely different outcome. 
Uh, Devontae Freeman held to uh, 28 yards on 12 carries the week before. Was stopped by Jarrell Casey, or he was held to 28 on 12 carries in this game. He was stopped by Jarrell Casey on a fourth and one in the second quarter. Ryan was sacked on two fourth down plays in the second half. Tennessee allowed 17 sacks in its first three games, almost six per game. None allowed yesterday. So, uh, Buffalo at Tennessee, three and one team against the two and two team. The entire AFC South is two and two. Hate to be lazy, but it's Tennessee minus three, isn't it? Two and a half is what I see. And I think and we don't assuming Allen's yeah. going to be okay. Yeah, I I kind of have a feeling he will, but I mean, of course, I'm not a doctor. This is strictly uh, my own judgment here. <clears throat> but, you, you know, we're talking about Tennessee. You know, you never know when big plays are going to happen in a game. And Tennessee made every one of them against Atlanta. Uh, you know, is that an aberration? Yeah, I'm not sure. Because I think that you can make an excuse for Atlanta going into the game, but boy, been making excuses for them all year. Buffalo, on the other hand, and I haven't chan- had a chance to go through the numbers that thoroughly yet, but are they the best defense in the NFL? I'll play, I mean, they got to be close. They're right there. So I think this is going to be, you know, we got a low total. What I'm seeing right now is 38 and a half, which I think is the lowest total on the board. Yeah, it is so far. Uh, so, And I can see why it's such a low total. I think this is going to be a very tight game. I think two and a half is okay. And I think Josh Allen is I'm assuming he's going to play. I think he will. Matt Barkley is eh, competent at best. But uh, if they have to go with him, they have to go. But uh, it's not like Josh Allen set the world on fire either. Although the kid, he's, he's, he's a winner. He's won a few games for him. So I'm going to go with uh, two and a half. I think he's okay. Yeah, we'll wait to find out about Josh Allen. That's obviously the big question mark there. All right, the two afternoon games. What do we have to look forward to in the afternoon next week? <laughs> We have the Broncos at the Chargers. <laughs> someone, someone check my pulse. Denver's 0-4, Chargers yeah. 2-2 after their win over the Dolphins. By the way, just brief aside, the Dolphins have a bye here, uh, I believe, before yeah. their clash with the Redskins in two weeks. Uh, but the Dolphins, they had a lead for 3 minutes and 49 seconds in this game yesterday against the Chargers. That's the only time they've had a lead all year. Uh, but they've been outscored 163-26. to Worst four-game point differential since at least 1940. That's what I'm seeing here. Apparently, someone was checking this, and when they got to 1940, they just got tired, and they stopped, they stopped going back in time. Uh, <laughs> Dolphins have been outscored 81 to nothing in the second half this season. 81 to nothing. Is that good? Um, okay, so, so let's start. Let's, I guess we could start with the Chargers, then, since I just started with the Dolphins. So Chargers, they beat the Dolphins. They, they cover, by the way, the biggest spread of the, of the week. They win at 30 to 10. Rivers, 24 of 30 for 310, two touchdowns, no picks. I don't really know what we know from these stats, though, against the Dolphins, right? Eckler, 18 for 60, a touchdown, five catches, 62 yards, another touchdown. Of course, Melvin Gordon is available for this game now coming up. Uh, Chargers were 8 of 13 on third downs. They held Miami to 233 yards. They had a lot of penalties, 10 for 89 in a penalty-ridden league. They also had a huge time of possession advantage, 37-36. They, too, had a long drive uh, to, to help that time of possession domination, a 10-and-a-half-minute drive in the third quarter that helped them take control. They never punted against the Dolphins, uh, on and on and on. By the way, they, they did lose Melvin Ingram in the first quarter with a hamstring injury. He didn't return, so that could be a big loss for them. Uh, but back to Denver, and I said this to you earlier, Chrissy. If I bet on Denver again, just walk up to me, slap me in the neck, don't say anything. Just keep moving. You don't have an exp- There's no explanation necessary. Uh, that's their eighth straight loss. Denver's lost to Jacksonville yesterday. It's their eighth straight loss going back to last season. 
They're 11 and 25 since Peyton Manning. 11 and 25. Joe Flacco yesterday, 22 of 38, 303, three touchdowns, one pick, and the Joe Flacco face was in full effect. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, 5 of 104. Uh, but they were victimized again by a last second field goal. We talked about it earlier, ja- uh, Josh Lambeau for the win. Yeah. Second time this season that's happened. They blew a 14 point lead at home in a loss for the first time since 2006. And it was just like their loss to the Bears, right? In Denver two weeks ago, the Broncos uh, helped ignite a winning drive by getting whistled for roughing the passer. Uh, against Chicago, it was that Chubb play, which was highly questionable, right? The league admitted afterwards, in fact, there was a bad call. And then yesterday, after Denver took the one-point lead uh, late, it was a flag on Vaughn Miller, who got Minshew in the neck, Gardner Minshew in the neck, just as he released his pass. That was right after he picked up the ball that Chubb had knocked out from his hand. Uh, so while the Broncos finally ended their sack drought, they got to Minshew five times. Now they couldn't stop the run. 269 yards rushing, and we mentioned, of course, uh, Fournette had most of those. Denver led by two touchdowns. They were driving for another score just before halftime. That was the moment of the game. It looked like we were going to just dominate. And then Ronnie Harrison picks off Flacco, who just completely airmailed the pass to Emmanuel Sanders, and that led to Lambeau's second field goal. That pulled the Jaguars to 17-6 to at the half, and that was the turning point of that game, right? You're up two touchdowns, you're going in for a score, and then Flacco just airmails it. And that left the door open, and, and the uh, Jaguars walked through it. Denver's at the Chargers. I guess the Chargers by six, I'll say. Anthony Lynn discount. You're a shade light. <laughs> I see a few sixes, but mostly six and a half, and that's where I'm going to open it. Uh, the Chargers just do manage to do some things that you just scratch your head and say, what are they doing? And of course, they, they couldn't even try to blow that game against Miami yesterday. Although It looked like a couple of times they were going to try. Uh, I mentioned QBR a lot. This was Flacco's QBR yesterday, 72.6 out of 100. So that's yeah. like one of the better ones. I'm looking back. But, boy, that can be really deceiving. It and, sure you know, is. That, yeah. What a you know damning what I mean? number I, for QBR. I know that Flacco, yeah, that really is. Because he did not – you know, he came through in that last drive. And uh, you talk about the Joe Flacco face. I understand that. You know, he does not get flustered, which I give him credit for that. But still, he had that play at the end of the half. I think, you know, did the game turn on that? Man, you know, it's hard to say it turned on that, but it certainly could have been one of those leads that were almost insurmountable for Denver had they uh, scored there. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's not a great that, – that number is not reflective of what we saw on the field. But uh, all that being said, I, I think that's a little light. You like six. I like six and a half. I even thought maybe seven in this game. Just because I, I, you know, I like Denver going into the game yesterday. I think we gave that out on the show, but boy, I could not have been less impressed with that team, uh, even if they would have come back and won. Uh, the defense, which we thought was really going to be good, never really came up with a big play. Uh, offensively, they looked very, very challenged. But it's, it's the Chargers who have a habit of right. blowing games like this. Yeah, so I'm going to start with six and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if this one goes to seven, though. Well, that's why when I guessed it, I went six instead of seven, because it's the Chargers, right? I don't have, like, supreme confidence in them yeah. covering numbers either. Um, boy. Yeah. Denver at Chargers uh, late tomorrow. We got two primetime games, obviously, Sunday night, Monday night. We'll get to those. We'll wrap it up. We'll recap it. It's Guessing Lines right here on A Numbers Game at VEASAN. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. We'll call out my peeps. 
Alon, Israeli guy, works at Caesars. He's going to kill me for reading this. Shana Tova, I won't tell anyone you're on the air and I'm watching and not in synagogue. So everybody sort of uh, circumventing the new year and talking gambling. My mother used to say to me, Jeff, on, the, uh, on Rosh Hashanah, on the new year, that if I talk back to her, that I shouldn't do it on the new year because that's, that means that's how I will behave for the entire year. That's what she would say to me. So I'm hoping the gambling instincts are perfect today, so therefore I will have great gambling instincts for the, for the entire year. It's according to the code. Follows, doesn't it? Oh, I thought you were going to say it was going to be the year that she expected you to finally like the brisket. No, <laughs> I do not. I never loved the brisket, no matter what my mother says. You love the brisket. I don't love the brisket, Ema. You love the brisket. I do not. Let's get back to Chris Andrews. Chris, I, uh, Jeff tells me I botched this. There was one more afternoon game. There's one more afternoon game. And it's a good one. Green Bay at Dallas. Green Bay at Dallas. Uh, Green Bay, extra rest. They lost the Eagles last Thursday night. Aaron Rodgers, 34-53 for 422. Two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Devontae, before he went out with a toe injury. Devontae's injury is big. Uh, 10, ca- 10 catches for 180 yards. Green Bay had 491 total yards. But if they don't have Devontae for this, and Jeff, we've got to get a status on, on uh, Adams for this, his absence would be huge uh, for this game. Cowboys lose to the Saints, as we mentioned last night, 12-10. to 10. Predictable first down runs for the Cowboys, perhaps, yesterday. Um, Dallas came in with the NFL's third-ranked running game, averaging 179 yards. They had scored no fewer than 31 points in a game. Again, that was against the Dolphins, the Redskins. And uh, who was the third team they played? Dolphins, Redskins, and uh, what other dreck did they play? Giants. Um, apologies to the Giants for including you with the Dolphins and Redskins. Uh, but they only got 45 yards on the ground, did the Cowboys yesterday. Ezekiel Elliott scored the game's only touchdown in the third quarter, gave Dallas a 10-9 lead, but he finished uh, with just 35 yards, and his longest run was six yards. He was also stripped, if you remember, by Vaughn Bell on a fourth and short run. That was huge. Um, Dallas by three and a half, I suppose? Yeah, I see three and a half and four. I'm going to go to three and a half. But I do think that Devontae Adams, who, by the way, uh, officially listed as questionable, the latest uh, okay. latest I have, I think that is a, a big injury because I think he's getting averaging like about 94 yards a game, something like that. So, uh, you know, obviously a big, big weapon for Green Bay. Um, you know, it's funny, Green Bay's defense carried in the first couple games, and then all of a sudden the defense doesn't show up. But, of course, Rodgers has his best game of the year so far. So uh, interesting game from that perspective. I think Dallas showed that maybe they're not quite the greatest team on earth like uh, Jerry Jones would have you believe uh, when they faced a real opponent yesterday in some hostile territory. Of course, they're coming back home here. But I think three and a half is good. Uh, I wouldn't want to go too far land points against Green Bay. Like I said, I think that defense probably, maybe that wasn't the real defense we saw against Philadelphia. And Philly was really on a mission that game and Wentz played extremely well for the first time in a while. But uh, I think the defense probably shows up a little bit better for Green Bay. And I think three and a half is plenty plenty of points to have there. So I'm going to go with three and a half. Okay. Nailed that one. Let's go Sunday night. What do you got? The Colts at Kansas City. Colts at KC. Colts among the uh, two and two teams in the AFC South after their loss to the Raiders at KC. KC 4-0. Only undefeated in the NFL. KC. New England, and then the uh, Niners, who are 3-0, and coming off a bye. Um, so I look at the Colts and the, and the Chiefs as sort of, sort of the same lesson, right? We talked about how the Colts, 
the two key turnovers were everything. They fumbled at the Oakland 16 with 346 left in the second quarter. They were down 21 to 10 at the time. Then the pick six with 209 left in the fourth quarter when they were only down a touchdown. Should also be noted the Colts had a lot of injuries, right? T.Y. Hilton, Devin Funches, they were both out with injuries. Uh, the Colts still gained 346 yards. More than half of those, I should mention, in the fourth quarter when they were scrambling to get back in the game. But Marlon Mack didn't return after hurting his ankle in the second half. They also played without all-pro linebacker Darius Leonard, who was concussed. Safety Malik Hooker had the torn meniscus. So that could have gone very differently for the Colts without those two turnovers. The Chiefs and the Lions were fascinating yesterday. Somehow we haven't gotten to this game yet uh, because the Lions, I'm, I'm assuming, are, are either Monday or they're on a bye next week, is it? Um, so the Chiefs, yeah, the, the Chiefs yeah. lost three fumbles, and Detroit gave it back twice with fumbles in the third quarter, combining for the most fumbles lost in a game since 2014. So the key sequence of this game, and the Chiefs, I don't, I don't know if you could say they should have lost this game, but they certainly could have very easily. They opened the second half with the McCole Hardman fumbling on the uh, McCole Hardman fumbled the kickoff return, opening kickoff return second half. Then Matthew Stafford fumbles on the Kansas City 6 on the ensuing possession. Uh, and then Johnson fumbles into the end zone on Detroit's next drive. That carry-on Johnson fumble, uh, that's when Kansas City went ahead for the first time early in the third quarter. Bashad Breeland recovers the carry-on Johnson fumble. He returns it 100 yards. It's one of these things where they don't blow the whistle, right? They take advantage of everyone on the field sort of appearing to stop momentarily. The official's not blowing the whistle. And it stood after review, and it was a correct standing. Uh, it was a fumble. And the Chiefs completely flipped the game on that. By the way, they, they needed a final score late on a big Patrick Mahomes scramble on fourth and eight on their final drive to secure the win. But were it not for that play, uh, there's no way they win that game probably. So Chiefs got sort of fortunate to win that game against Detroit, who uh, gets their first loss of the year. KC versus Indianapolis, though it's still Kansas City, and it's Mon- and it's Sunday night at home, prime time. I mean, to me, this ha- if it's seven, it's too little. Fourteen's way too many. The only question for me is it ten or ten and a half? I was going to guess, and if it's the ten and a half, um, I'll say ten and a half because I think ten people still bet Kansas City. Well, I'm going to open ten, but I see nine and a half and ten on this game. And you're right. A Sunday night game, the public's going to be on Kansas city, but I would not be surprised if the wise guys come in on the Colts in this game. Oh, I wouldn't. Uh, first yeah. of all, let me say with the, the Detroit game. First of all, I, I was impressed with the lions. Me I mean, too. they're, they're pretty good. That's a, that's a legit team. They're, that's one hell of a division. I got to tell you, I don't know who's going to win that, but uh, right now, who's, I think, I think it's the Vikings in last place, which a lot of people like them to win it. But uh, that, that division is very, very tough. So I'm impressed with Detroit. That being said, um, Kansas City pulled out the win. And you're right. They had a couple of big plays. They very easily could have lost, maybe even should have lost. But nonetheless, I think the public will be on Kansas City in this game. And, uh, but I think the wise guys might come in and take the Colts. So I'm going to open 10. I think that's a good number. But I see some nine and a halfs out there. And I'm not sure if I was opening in a vacuum. I wouldn't go with nine and a half. But like I said, I think the public will definitely be on Kansas City come Sunday night. So that's why I'm going to open it at 10. Yeah, they're going to bet 9.5 up to 10 immediately, I think. Green, uh, to your point, NFC North, yeah. Green Bay and Chicago both 3-1. and one. Detroit 2-1-1. Two, one one. Vikings 2-2. Two two. Talking to you, Kirk Cousins. All right, what's Monday night? <laughs> Monday night, Cleveland at San Francisco. 
So San Francisco, not only on the bye, but they get extra rest to the Monday night. When we last saw San Francisco, uh, they were playing Pittsburgh and barely winning that game. Um, Tried everything they could to lose that game, but they got it done. Uh, And for the third time in four weeks, Cleveland's in prime time. Is that right? Jeez. But like I mean, that sounds like there is a lot of a lot of publicity going into this year about the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> sounds like it. Did you see anything? I heard that. Did you see anything in the betting markets I should be aware of over the offseason, season, Bella? Uh, <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were. But you know, that said, they were more impressive. Like I said at the beginning, than maybe anybody yesterday. That win over Baltimore was resounding. Um, Mayfield, twenty of thirty for three forty-two, one touchdown, one pick. He had thrown five interceptions on just three touchdown or with just three touchdown passes coming into that game. Nick Chubb, 20 for 165, three touchdowns, including an 88 yarder where he was shot out of a cannon. No one was near him. Uh, and Landry, by the way, uh, eight catches for 167, 530 total yards for the Browns, and they sacked Lamar Jackson four times. First time Cleveland's been in first place after four games since 2013. I know they're only two and two. By the way, they didn't have Denzel Ward or Greedy Williams, right? They're starting uh, cornerbacks again. Both were inactive with hamstring injuries for the second straight week. Cleveland at the Niners, that's Niners by three, right? Yeah, I see it a little higher. Uh, Three with juice on the favorite or three and a half with juice on the dog. Uh, Yeah, I think this is a tough one. I'm going to open three, see where they want to take me with this one, but I have a feeling they'll lay it. But, uh, you know, Listen, it's an evolving game. We know that. They're talking about a young quarterback and a young coach for Cleveland. And I think there's a lot of questions about Mayfield uh, going into the game. And, and there still is. I mean, one game isn't going to make your career. But I think he really did play pretty tough. And uh, I think a lot of uh, the question marks surrounding him were, will he panic if there's pressure in the pocket? And he was pressured, although they protected him pretty well. He was pressured, but he really didn't succumb to the pressure too much yesterday. And, well, Chubb was – he was a man and a half in that game. He was unbelievable. But the other question mark for Cleveland, I think, was a coach, Freddie Kitchen. He coached a really good game. And uh, yeah. i got to tell you, of all the things, that, that was impressive. And, you know, listen, it's his first job as a head coach, and I think he made some mistakes for sure along the way from – from the off-season to in-season so far this year. But I was impressed yesterday. He did a really, really good job. And, uh, you know, they came through, I think, in his quarterback. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe they've turned the corner because they do have a very good lineup but a very good roster. Uh, so maybe they've turned the corner. But I'm going to start with three. I have a feeling they'll probably lay it. Uh, but I'm going to take a bet at the three and just see where they want to go with it. So that, that, that that's going to be my opener. But I think they will wind up going to three and a half at some point. You know how we said Atlanta-Houston would be the answer to the Megapod question of what's the game you want no part of uh-huh. on the side? This is sort of uh-huh. an honorable mention. Because I know I know when the Cowboys yeah. were 3-0, and we said, hey, they played the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Redskins. What do we really know about them? San Francisco, What do we really have a feeling about them? Like they, yeah. they beat Tampa Bay on two pick sixes, if I'm not mistaken. They did crush Cincinnati, but, you know, it's Cincinnati. And then that Pittsburgh yeah. game with Mason Rudolph yeah. and all the Steelers fans like yourself are like, Mason Rudolph's not that good. Everybody was saying that. And San Francisco barely won that game. Barely won. Yeah. Pittsburgh covered. Yeah. So, Pittsburgh covered in that game. I mean, they're 3-0, and but I don't know what to make of them. So I, I would want no part of this game either. Well, the other thing is, you know, and you've mentioned it before, 
I'm not sure how big of a home field advantage San Francisco has. Right. You know, that's, that's not like an intimidating place to go in and play. Now, maybe, you know, they're three and oh, they're playing Monday night. Maybe it's a little different this time, but I'm not so sure. I don't think it's, it's certainly not like going to Seattle. I could tell you that traffic so, on the one one uh, you know, headed to that stadium. Not going to be yeah, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. I mean, if I was the, uh, if I was a San Franciscan, I think I would be staying home and watching it on TV. And I think probably a lot of them will, you know, so I'm not sure that that they get the full home field advantage, but nonetheless, I think this game will go up. I think there's going to be money for San Francisco, and I'm not sure that's the right side. I don't know what the right side is, though, to be honest with you. You do think money will come in on San Francisco? That's interesting to me. Okay. Despite all the Cleveland love? you think? That... Yeah, I do. Cause I, yeah, because I see juice on the favorite uh, at three, and uh, anybody with three and a half is getting juice on the dog. But, uh, yeah, I think – I listen, you know, you're talking about muscle memory. I think it'll be one of those muscle memory games. We've got to lay the three because it's out there because there's higher, higher numbers than we can get, so we have to lay it. Yep. So, muscle I think memory. that's what will happen. We talk about it, betting muscle memory. We talk about it on the show all the time. We'll come back. We'll review it all. We'll uh, isolate the games we think we have uh, the most advantage on, or at least the ones that we think there might be a possible edge on. A first salvo. Don't hold it to us. We could, we could absolutely convince ourselves otherwise by Friday. But anyway, it's a first reaction. It's guessing lines. That's the point of this. Week 5, the interactive game right here on A Numbers Game at VEASAN. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Okay, so here's what I think I like then. Um, And that's the whole point of this, to figure out, all right, where where am I going to start the week of handicapping week 5? And remember, circa million, it's a brand new four weeks for everybody. You might have messed up the first four weeks. You might have gone 0-20. Now it's your chance to go 20-0 and and win 147000 I like Chicago. If they're only given four and a half in London against the uh, Raiders, I like the Monsters of the Midway there. If New England's only 14 and a half or 15 and a half against the Redskins, and I do mean only, I kind of like New England. Call me square. Uh, the other ones I like, Minnesota's only four and a half at the Giants. I know it's Kirk Cousins, but Minnesota, if you can't cover four and a half against that outfit, to use Chrissy's word, uh, give me the Vikings. And the other one I like is the the Packers getting more than a field goal, getting three and a half at Dallas. If Devontae Adams is playing, uh, I like Green Bay's defense a lot this year. I will take the three and a half at Dallas in that game. Chris, what do you like? Laying only one at home that Rams. And, uh, you know, I like the Packers as well. And, uh, you know, Devontae Adams, I think, is going to be a big difference. But uh, as I'm talking to you, I said it was three and a half and four when we went through the numbers. Fours have pretty much disappeared. Mm-hmm. So it's all three and a half. Uh, I even see a little bit of juice on the dog in one spot. So I'm going to open three and a half. I think that's, uh, if you want to bet green, I'd say probably bet him early. Bet him early. I think his number might go down. Yeah. And for those who yeah. missed it, because his mic was off, Seattle was his other pick there. Thursday night, Seattle. Oh, okay. uh, Giving just a point. All right. Chris, I appreciate it as yeah. always. Um, hope to have you in studio soon. For those who are like, wait, we don't get a story. Uh, we're going to do them once in a while this year, right? That's sort of once in a while, yeah. whenever we come yeah. up with them. Yeah, I, you know, I know it sounds like I'm just, you know, we're not at dinner. You know, I got to keep it at, uh, you know, kind of in the time frame. So I need to rehearse it a little bit whenever we do these story times. <laughs> you know, it's not like the old days on the podcast where I could take half an hour. That's to tell right. Story, you know, That's now. Right. I got to keep it a little tighter. Okay. Well, we appreciate it. Um, Feel better every day, man. Thank you for so much for the time. We'll put this in podcast form for everybody else who wants to hear it as well. Okay.
Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.